0: So it's Friday night, 6 p.m. Hopefully you're on your way home from work or you're already there. Getting ready to go out and eat something good. And you're listening to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. And we're going to start the weekend off here with a little Tragically Hip. And I hope you all got a good, loud stereo for this. Welcome to the show. was the tragically hit with New Orleans is sinking start off your Friday night like I said hopefully you're out of work you're already home cleaned up ready to go out for the evening I know I'm ready but I have to wait for a couple hours here gotta play some tunes talk about what's going on in the world my show is a uh, music and talk radio show with my independent opinion. It's not a news show, it's a talk show. It's an opinion show. It's my independent opinion, as I said, of what goes on in Burlington, Vermont, God's country, the United States of America, and all across the world. I read articles that we see on social media. This is a crazy one right here. Says a New York man is charged with aggravated assault with an excavator. Imagine that, like a big bulldozer, bucket loader of all things, huh? Says a northern New York man is facing aggravated assault charges after police say he drove at another person with an excavator and damaged their vehicle. It happened last Thursday in Fairhaven. Police say Jason Davis, 43, of Whitehall was on someone else's property. And when the landowner arrived and asked Davis what he was doing, police say Davis drove at him with an excavator. The landowner tried to leave, but his vehicle would not move and got stuck. And police say Davis then hit the vehicle with the excavator, causing extensive damage. And the landlord, uh, landowner ran away. Good thing for that, huh? That could have been a fatality... With an excavator. And it doesn't even say why. He was on this person's property. With an excavator. And why he went after him with it. it. Says Davis was arrested. And held at the Marble Valley Correctional Center. And he faces charges of a segregated assault. And unlawful mischief. You know. I would go a little bit further myself. And demand that. That he would be charged with something more serious, like attempted murder, wouldn't you say? I mean, he wasn't coming after this guy with a baseball bat or anything. He was coming after him with an excavator. But like I say, not a very good piece of reporting there. He didn't ask the basic questions like who, what, when, where, why, and how, as they teach you in Media 101. Wouldn't you think so? You have to ask those questions. It didn't ask any of them. So, we'll just move on. Thank the good Lord that we didn't spend any money on broadcasting school in the state of Vermont. That was down in Fairhaven, it said. So, this is an interesting article right here. It says a man made more than $1 million in a scam using fake barcodes at big-box door retailers. It says police say the man accused of running a $1 million shoplifting scam is behind bars. Ryan Walker allegedly made more than $1 million reselling products he bought fraudulently at big-box retailers. Court documents said the suspect targeted places like Walmart and Target and then sold the stolen items online. It says the scheme may have been going on for nearly 10 years. At a Target in Carmel, Indiana, a suspect walked into the toy aisle, picked up a Lego Star Wars set worth $169, and then he slapped a fake barcode on the box and checked out for just 20 bucks. Can you imagine that? Police claimed that crime was duplicated countless times, spanning nearly a decade at Target and Walmart stores in Carmel, Fishers, Avon, and Plainfield, allowing a 35-year-old Ryan Walker to pocket more than $1 million. So they've known this has been going on for like 10 years, but they just let it go. And then finally, somebody decides, let's bust this guy after he ripped us off for a million dollars or so that we at least know of, right? says, as an example of how his scam worked, prosecutors claimed Walker bought a $200 SonyCare toothbrush at Walmart. Well, that seems like a crime alone right there, doesn't it? Charging people $200 for a toothbrush? I don't even like collector toothbrushes myself. You know, I like to get, like, the biggest toothbrush that they have in the store... Something you could really scrub the heck out of your teeth with, right? I don't like those little battery-operated toothbrushes. They've got maybe a half a dozen bristles on them, and they rotate. And, you know, you've got to, like, uh, brush one tooth at a time. You could be in the bathroom, like, all day long just brushing your teeth. $200, that's a sin right there. Charging effort, uh electric toothbrush. So it says... He bought a $200 Sonicare toothbrush at Walmart for just $24.97. Then he sold the same model on eBay for $122.50, profiting $97.53 from just that one sale. I mean, no wonder this guy made a million dollars, huh? <laughs> Even though he stole it, paid 2497 for it, he still turned around on eBay and sold it for $122.50. The affidavit showed that Walker's eBay account called War Electronics. Watch out for that, folks. I'm sure he probably has several companies on eBay and Target and whatnot and Craigslist that he sells products through. He says this company called War Electronics received an excess of 1.1 million dollars since it was created in 2010. And like I said, he probably owns several companies on eBay and Target and whatnot. I mean Amazon, I'm sorry. I don't really shop on Amazon myself. One thing I noticed about Amazon, if you're not buying something through prime, which is delivered in a couple of days to your door, then what I've noticed is most people, you know, three or four or five days later, they'll send you an email, oh, we sent your product out today. Yeah, well, you could have done it the day after I purchased it too, right? I mean, that's what I do when I sell things on eBay and I expect people to be prompt and courteous and do the same thing and show me the same business respect you know don't be getting around about four or five days later and sending me an email and say hey we finally got off our butt and shipped out your product to you not very professional at all in my opinion so it says prosecutors believe walker sold 302 sewing slash cutting machines Two hundred and eighty-five electric toothbrushes, two hundred and thirty three Lego sets, and much, much more from March 2018 to March of this year. So you're telling me that this guy goes in and marks all of these things down with phony barcodes and buys them, for instance, for twenty-four ninety-seven, like he did this. Sonicare toothbrush at Walmart and then he sells them all on eBay or whatnot. Well, you gotta give him credit, at least he's not home on welfare, right? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people are riding that bus too, aren't they? They're disabled somehow, they're sitting home on welfare That's why socialism is spreading, folks, because a lot of people don't want to go out and work anymore, earn their own way. They want everything given to them for free. But if you listen to people like Bernie Sanders, every idea that comes out of his mouth costs $16 trillion. And they say the reality of his ideas are They're going to cost over $100 trillion. All of the Democrats have these ideas of giving you free medical, free education. It all sounds good, but somebody has to pay it. And if you're watching the Democrat debates, Joe Biden confronted Kamala Harris on the stage, and he told her that an idea that she was putting out there for Medicare was something like 30 to $40 trillion. And he said realistically, it was probably going to cost double that, maybe even more. And he said, regardless of what anybody says or thinks, this is from the mouth of Joe Biden, the Democrat frontrunner, He said, this money was going to come out of your paycheck. You are going to pay for whatever ideas are coming out of their mouth. They're not going to tax the oil companies because they don't pay taxes. And even if they did pay taxes, they would pass it on to you and me at the gas pump. They would pass it on to you and me when we heat our homes. And then, like I've always said, It's not so much the federal government that's always sticking you and me in the back. It's the local government. It's the liberals that run the state of Vermont. It's the rhino Republican governor who goes right along with them majority of the time. And it doesn't even matter if he does or not put up a show. Because the Democrats in the state of Vermont have enough power override the governor's veto and I think that's wrong and I think it's very dangerous for one political power to have that much authority anybody remember when uh, Bernie Sanders and Joe Kennedy used to be on television getting oil from Venezuela back when Venezuela was a thriving company until socialism took over and now their money is worthless Everybody starved to death literally in the streets that's what socialism does folks eventually you run out of other people's money to give away to the people who don't want to go out and earn their own keep that will happen to the United States eventually if socialism takes control. People don't realize you can look at the world map and the world is a big place. And if you look at the United States, we're maybe like, what, 15% of the land mass on this planet, if that, let's say 15%. Let's even go crazy and say 20%. The United States is equal to 20% of the land mass and the population of the rest of the world. Let's just go with that. Now, if the Democrats want to drop the borders and just allow anyone to come to the United States without doing any vetting of their backgrounds, checking out their criminal backgrounds, right, which would just only make common sense, they're saying now that the Obama administration wasn't doing that for the eight years that he was in office, wasn't checking anybody's background, wasn't taking any documentation. So now we don't even know who he let into the country for eight years. But like I say, back to the little state of Vermont if you remember how Bernie Sanders and Joe Kennedy would get oil from Venezuela back when they were a thriving country to give to the needy here in Vermont to heat their homes in the wintertime. That was a good thing. And I'll give Bernie credit for that. Why he couldn't get some of the oil handlers in the state of Vermont to drop their prices so that these people... Wouldn't have to freeze to death in the winter. I don't know why. But for some reason, they were getting it out of Venezuela. Joe Biden said on the stage to Kamala Harris these ideas that you have are going to cost trillions of dollars. This country has a deficit of about $21 trillion. That's a drop in the bucket. You know, everybody's always been worried. Whenever there's a Republican in the President's office, they say, Oh, we're in debt $21 trillion. And he's not doing anything to pay it down. He could be doing more. You know, the people are being stabbed in the back by the Republicans. Well, you know, folks, there's a lot of Democrats in Washington. And they vote also. So it's not always just the Republicans. It's not always the Democrats, either. They're all in it together. You can't tell one politician from another. But it's a major, major crisis when there is a Republican office and they say the country's deficit is $21 trillion. It's the end of the world, but whenever there is a Democrat president in office, They're throwing away a trillion dollars every year like nothing. And they'll say, you have to give it time. You have to give it time. And Then they say, oh, we have to re-elect Obama and give him another chance and give him more time. And they did. And after that eight years of time, did things kick in? No, they didn't. And Obama knew they weren't going to kick in because he did everything he could to ruin the United States of America he made it pretty much literally impossible to do business in the United States of America a lot of countries don't even want our products China for instance they talk about the trade wars with China people worried about the price of avocados from Mexico if for instance you're trying to sell a car the Chinese they slap approximately a 35% tariff on every vehicle and they have so much red tape involved that you need to be a mega business, a conglomerate to cut through the red tape to sell any vehicles in China and then the reality is nobody wants them who the heck really wants to drive around in a Ford in China maybe some of them big old pick up trucks with the dualies on the back and the diesel and the crew cab and I could see some rich Chinese executives driving those around but China relies on us more they just flood this country products and a lot of the products are counterfeit and there's not really a lot you can do about that either we don't really export a lot to China but they export pretty much everything to the United States so they heavily rely on us and the same thing goes for Mexico a lot of things come from Mexico but we don't sell a lot of things to Mexico so if the Democrats got on board and worked across the aisle like they're supposed to these tariff wars could really do a number on Mexico and China and it would make them be more compliable to work with us instead of against us You know, I'm a little tired myself being an independent to turn on basically every form of social media, whether it's ABC, CBS, NBC, whether it's CNN News, the New York Times. They get up every morning and they go to their printer and they're all in lockstep they'll say, the key word for today is smoke. So, they'll ask the question all through social media. Is there any evidence of Russian collusion between Donald Trump? And they'll say, no, there's no evidence so far, but we know there is, and there's a lot of smoke. The key word for the day, smoke. And you can turn on every channel, You can read every newspaper throughout the evil media and they're all in lockstep to take out the President of the United States because they're all angry because Hillary Clinton didn't win the presidential election. And the truth of the matter, folks, is Hillary Clinton didn't even run for president. You know, she only went to a couple debates you know, she paid Bernie Sanders from day one to take the heat from her. And like I said, Bernie Sanders at the time, he's a seventy-six year old man. Now he's like pushing eighty. But a socialist slash independent slash democrat slash progressive slash communist who has been in Washington pretty much all of his political life approximately 30 years and never accomplished anything except for renaming two post offices in the state of Vermont. You need somebody like that if you're going to run for president. You need somebody like that to run against who is no threat to you in any way possible. Somebody that's going to take the heat for you. And, as I said on this show from day one, Bernie was never out to be the president. He's just looking to make some retirement money. And right after the election, after the Democrats gave the nomination to Hillary, which was, rightly, Bernie Sanders, and this folks right here, I don't care who you are. I'm an independent myself. But you can be the biggest defender of Bernie Sanders in the world. Right? You could be that guy that worked for him and went on to the baseball field and shot up all the Republicans. You could be that guy. The crazy, psycho defender of Bernie Sanders. You can be that guy. And you have to agree with me when I say that Bernie Sanders got robbed of the Democrat nomination for President of the United States. The story is that the DNC was broke Hillary Rodham Clinton gave them $20 million to keep them floating and in return they gave her the nomination. We all agree with that. Another thing we agree on is the fact that Bernie should have stood up for himself. He should have fought for that nomination. He should have demanded that nomination. It was rightfully his, but he didn't. Instead, put his tail between his legs, crawled back to Vermont, and bought himself a house on Lake Champlain for over $600,000 wonder where he got that money from, right? It's like I said from day one I sat right here and I said he was just in it to take the heat off of Hillary and to get some retirement money and even that guy who worked for Bernie Sanders went on the baseball field and said which team practicing is the Republican team? There was a team to the right, Democrats, and a team to the left. And this person said to him, that team on the left is a Republican baseball team. And he went on to that field and he proceeded to shoot Republicans. Even that person, folks, would have to agree with me that Bernie Sanders did not stand up for his rights To regain the nomination from the DNC. And therefore. If he wasn't going to stand up for his rights. He sure as the heck isn't going to stand up for our rights. And that would have made him a pretty bad president. So with that. We're going to go to another song here. And. This is an oldie but a goodie, and it's from a band called Bad Finger, and the name of the song is No Matter What. You're going to need to turn your stereo up pretty loud for this one, folks. that was Bad Finger with a song called No Matter What it's one of those songs you only hear about once every 20 years and then you say to yourself oh god I haven't heard that song in 20 years it's a good song though. they don't really make music anymore do they I don't think so I saw this article right here it says uh, some Vermonters are seeing long waiting for driver's licenses I don't know why that is. It says, uh, starting this summer, instead of having your ID printed at the DMV, you get a paper copy and the final one is mailed to you. It's supposed to take seven to 10 business days, but some of you told us it's taken a month or more. Well, as long as you have the temporary, I guess you're all set, right? a piece of paper. It really is, said Virginia Morgan, holding her temporary driver's license. Morgan knew her official one would be coming in the mail, but until she showed her paper copy, she didn't realize she has been waiting so long for the new one to arrive that her temporary one had expired. <laughs> wow, that's pretty bad, isn't it? And Morgan isn't the only one. Says, we started to look at this after we heard from so many of you saying it takes over a month to get your license. Says, so we went to the DMV to get the answers. That's it. That's the article. So they spoke with somebody, Virginia Morgan, who said it took so long to get her license in the mail that her temporary license expired. That's basically it. And it says, so we went to the DMV to get some answers. Once again, folks, that's some pretty bad reporting right there. So like I say, you don't have to go to broadcasting school. You can come right down here to the media factory. And we'll show you how to have a show. We'll show you how to run all of this stuff we're a nonprofit organization just have to volunteer a little bit of your time and you can be on the radio you can also learn podcasting editing all forms of production you don't want to go to broadcasting college and put an article together like that a news story They didn't even ask, really, who, what, when, where, why, and how. All they said was, we went down to the DMV to ask why it takes so long to get your license in the mail. So long, matter of fact, that this woman's temporary license expired. Bad reporting, folks. We're going to go on to some national stuff here in a minute. Some worldly stuff. Maybe get to President Trump. He's always in the news somewhere, isn't he? He's up like all hours of the day and night tweeting. (laughs) It's really crazy. The President of the United States has a phone. Tweets 24 hours a day. And remember when Brock? Obama became the president and they wanted him to surrender his Blackberry phone because presidents aren't allowed to have telephones because they can be hacked into and people around the world could be listening to his conversations and he could be on the phone with the Secretary of State, for instance, divulging top-secret information through a phone conversation. And somebody can hack into his BlackBerry phone and have all of that information for free. And it's the sake of national security. But like I said, when Obama became the president, he refused to surrender his BlackBerry phone. And because of that now, every president is going to be able to have a phone. President Donald Trump has a phone now, thanks to Obama, not submitting to the rules. And now, he gets up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, sends out a tweet, and all of a sudden, the liberals are jumping all over it, looking for a way to hang him. And their heads are like, ready to explode by 5 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) You know, the day hasn't even started. The sun hasn't even come up in the United States. And these Democrats are right on it. Just getting ready to use any word in that tweet to unseat the President of the United States of America. Isn't that terrible? When the whole Democratic Party is working so hard, spending all of our tax dollars, just trying to find any way to unseat the President of the United States because they can't deal with the fact that they lost the last election. And they do not want this president to get reelected. Basically, this Republican president. This man who has never held a political office in his life. And he's not owned by big business. And President Trump even said on the stage a million times. And to this day, as a billionaire businessman... Greasing palms is what you got to do to get things passed. If you want to build Trump towers, you've got to buy some politicians. Put them in your pocket. You got to grease some palms. Business is dirty, folks. President Trump, when he was running for president, into this very day, has said openly to the cameras of the world. That he has donated to every single politician. And he has played golf with them. He has eaten dinner with them. He said on the stage during the election that he donated $5,000 to Mitt Romney. And he says, and all I got was a copy of his book, which, by the way, was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> they have no control over Donald Trump. You know, they spent $40 million, they said, trying to dig up some dirt about him and Russian collusion, which isn't even illegal. You know, and we had Obama right on video in front of the cameras of the world, speaking over a hot mic, saying, you tell President Putin that after the election, I will be able to help him more. Now, if that's not Russian collusion right there, folks, I don't know what is. But they don't care about what Obama said and did because he's a Democrat. And what these Democrats refuse to admit is that pretty much all his life, Donald Trump was a Democrat. And they all loved him to death. And he donated to all of them, Democrats and Republicans. So now he was elected as a Republican. To me, he seems like more of an independent because he used most of his money in his last presidential campaign about $60 million or so, from what I understand. Isn't that something? These people spent billions of dollars trying to find dirt on Donald Trump. They couldn't find anything to make him lose the presidential election. Any one of these Democrats would have gone to hell themselves to get information from the devil himself to unseat president donald trump and they say that they spent about 40 million tax dollars on four different investigations can you imagine that first investigation finds nothing keep on going have a second investigation that one finds nothing you know you're interviewing hundreds and thousands of people You're reviewing millions of documents. You've got an army of lawyers that are all anti-Trumpers trying to find one shred of evidence to unseat the President of the United States. And after not one or two investigations, not three investigations, but four investigations, and you still come up with zero. I say, folks, that He might not be a bad guy after all. Probably one of the most cleaner politicians that we've ever known. Maybe it's time to wake up and realize that the Democrats have been lying to us all along. Their unscrupulous ways are unforgivable And it's time to leave the Democrat Party. Because as I always say, folks, the Democrat Party is dead. Hashtag walk away. Definitely. Can you imagine somebody spending $40 million to investigate you? A hand-picked group of people that hate President Trump with a passion. We have evidence of them sending emails back and forth to one another, stating these facts that they hate him and they want to have him removed from office and they will do anything it takes. All of that information against the president, nobody's being prosecuted yet. Nobody's in jail yet. But... There are investigators who are investigating the investigators. (laughs) Sounds like something out of a Kurt Vonnegut book, doesn't it? But, you know, folks, I sat here two years ago and I spoke of this coup d'etat to unseat the President of the United States by Mueller and Comey and all of those guys, John McCain... Spoke of it right here, way before people like Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity, Mark Levin and those guys like I said, I'm sure they were all thinking it. They wanted to say it at the time, but they have sponsors that they don't want to lose. And these guys, as much as you think want to change the world, they don't. Because you can see all of these guys eating dinner together and playing golf together. They just put out a little bit of dirt at a time to feed their ratings. You know, these are people that live in big mansions and travel around the world. They don't want to lose any of that, folks. They're all about the ratings. And they use all of this dirt just to get richer. We're going to go to a song here. And then we're going to come back and talk about the uh, Burlington Diocese. Releasing a list of the names of the priests who are sexually abusing people for like the last 50 years. And then we got another article here about that store on a corner of Battery and Pearl Street riding high and how the owners got busted for dealing pot from their skate shop. So, where are we going to go next? Let's go to a listener, Mr. Peter Frampton. This song is called Show Me The Way. Mr. Peter Frampton with a song called Show Me The Way from 1975. Back when I was a young whippersnapper myself. That's one thing about music, folks. Unless you were there, you can't really relate to it because you had to be back in 1975 when everybody was running around with long hair, kind of like a bunch of hippies. And they only had two or three radio stations. So. When Peter Frampton album came out. Frampton Comes Alive. These radio stations. They would play that album. Both sides. Front to back. Song after song. You would be riding down a road. With a bunch of your friends in the car. Right? And you'd be following each other. Maybe going to the. Rock of Ages Granite Quarry to go swimming because that's what we did when we were kids folks we would go to the Granite Quarries; they were full of water and we would go swimming all hours of the day and night and you would pull up next to your friends and you'd say oh my god Peter Frampton is on the radio and you would tell them what station because there's only two or three stations and you would be driving down the road and you would see your friends in the car in front of you everybody's heads would be bopping around. You could see everybody singing and playing the air guitars. And music in those days was all about lifestyle. It's like I say. When disco hit. And the movie Stayin' Alive came out. Starring John Travolta. And the Bee Gees were singing the entire soundtrack. You had to be living... Back in those days. To understand disco. Myself personally. I was living down in Orlando Florida. For a while when disco hit. And I went to this one bar. And it was a double decker bar. And you could stand up in the balcony. And look down at the dance floor. And they had all of these great big. Tiles on the floor. And they would flash. Different colored lights. With the rhythm of the music. And People actually dressed like John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John in the movie *Staying Alive. And they would be out on, dis- <laughs> out on a disco floor dancing like John Travolta. It was an amazing thing to watch. Myself, personally, I didn't dress that way. I was an old Vermonter, you know, with the corduroy pants or the Levi jeans or the denim jacket or the Levi's Corduroy jacket, but it was an amazing thing to watch and experience. And if you weren't during during the times, then you can't really comprehend it and fully understand it. I was brought up in a good time. Nowadays, the music is, it's bad. You know, life is bad. Everybody's calling each other racist. Everybody hates one another. It's just so much hate in the world. And I think, you know, people, one thing they need to do is remember that we're all Americans. We all respect this country and the flag. Myself personally, people that don't stand up for this uh, national anthem. They don't respect the flag. I don't have any respect for them myself, personally. And that's my opinion, my independent opinion. I think what they should do is do like other countries do. When you get out of high school, put people right in the military for at least a couple of years so they can learn about respecting this country and defending this country and realize everybody that came before you, a lot of them literally gave their lives and died defending the flag and your right to be free. I think we need to go back to that, folks. We all need to be Americans first. And we all need to realize that this is the greatest country in the entire world. This is a country where, if you can imagine it, you can make it real. Like I always say to people, in a lot of countries, they have so much devastation. And if you're lucky enough to come to this country and walk into a grocery store, it's ridiculous. They have a whole aisle of potato chips. They got a whole aisle of beer, a whole aisle of wine. They've got a bakery with every type of pastry you can imagine. You go to the produce department, they've got every vegetable and fruit around the world brought here just for your pleasure if I lived in a third world country and if I was lucky enough to come here I would realize that I'm in heaven heaven on earth and I'm very fortunate to be blessed with this fact and we should cherish it so it says right here the owners of Riding High Skate Shop John Van Hezinga and Samantha Steady face federal conspiracy charges for growing marijuana and selling out of their eccentric Burlington storefront, according to an indictment unsealed this past Thursday. It's the second downtown business to be raided this year for dealing pot. The Feds allege Van Hazinga, also known as Big John, Instead, Steady ran a grow operation at their Underhill home and then sold the drug and THC-infused edibles out of their skateboard shop at the corner of Pearl and Battery Streets within sight of the Burlington Police Headquarters, which is right across the street at Battery Park. you imagine that, folks? <laughs> Some people, they just feel like they're entitled and, And they don't have to go by the rules and the regulations. So, a grand jury charged Van Hazinga with 10 criminal counts, including conspiracy, possession with intent to distribute distribution, manufacture of more than 50 marijuana plants, and use of his home and business to commit the crimes. Steady is named in six of those counts. She's not innocent either, folks. So the pair were arrested this last Thursday morning and arraigned in the U.S. District Court in Burlington. Now, a press release from the U.S. Attorney's Office stated that Burlington Police and Drug Enforcement Administration agents began investigating the shop owners after witnesses reported seeing teenagers buying marijuana at the store. Now, you can imagine that, folks. You go into the liquor store and you get carded if you look 25 and under. Some stores, like Cumberland Farms, it's their policy that they'll ask for you to see your ID if you're buying beer, regardless of what age you are. Myself, I think that's a little bit extreme, but that's their policy. It's not what the law says. So I think somebody should probably challenge them in court. Because if you're like 80 years old and you go into a Cumberland Farms to buy a six-pack of beer and they demand to see your ID, I mean, it's a little bit insane, isn't it? So it says right here, Van Hazinga sold pot at the store to an undercover officer on multiple occasions. According to the release... While steady, she allegedly used an email address to take orders for THC-infused elbows, which she manufactured from the marijuana that they grew. The government also said it linked Van Hasinga and Steady to a rural camp in Keene, New York. On August 6, authorities carried out searches of the camp in Keene, New York, the couple's Underhill home, and riding high, seizing more than 50 marijuana plants, over 5 kilograms of pot, edibles, and around $67,000. Wow. So you know they're going to get nailed for tax evasion on that $67,000 for sure. The conspiracy charge carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. You imagine that folks. You can go into a Cumberland Farms regardless of what age you are. They're going to demand to see your ID if you're selling if you're buying some beer. But these guys at Riding High, Mr. Big John, selling marijuana to teenagers. I can imagine what else there was going on there. So, This article right here, it says the Catholic Diocese releases a report on investigation into priest abuse. It says we are learning more about a report accusing 40 priests in the Burlington Catholic Diocese of sexually abusing kids. It says their names were made public this past Thursday after a 10-month independent investigation. Bishop Christopher Cohn says after the committee's hundreds of hours of work going through thousands of documents, this is still a work in progress. They hope making the names public will help other survivors come forward. These sins of the past continue to haunt us, Cohn said. These shameful sins, criminal acts, have been our family secret for generations. So they're referring to the diocese as our family secrets for generations. I guess they're all family, aren't they, right? So, a family kept secret for decades with more possible allegations to come. It does not do me or the diocese any favor whatsoever to obscure the truth about these sins of the past, the bishop said. A committee of seven lay people, including a victim and a non-Catholic, reviewed 52 files flagged for possible use. The committee then opened files on other priests as well. After learning, there could be other problem priests out there. That's why they released the list of these 40, hoping that other victims will come forward. All but one of these acts occurred more than two decades ago. Forty priests were found to have credible allegations. As for the other twelve, says I'm not sure that we can ever say we have exonerated any of them, said Mike Donahue, a member of the committee. The list was given to the Vermont Attorney General's Office, though it appears the statute of limitations will not allow for any criminal charges for the 13 men listed who are still alive. So they dragged their feet for decades and there's basically 13 men listed who are still alive. Says Governor Phil Scott, Republican of Vermont, weighed in on the report at his weekly press conference he said, this is certainly a black eye for our state and the diocese. That's a good way to uh, describe it. This is a black eye. You know, like I say, the Democrats say you are know, always resorting to violence. And yes, he is a Republican by title, but nobody in Vermont considers Governor Phil Scott to be a Republican. That we can all agree on. He said, I tried reaching out to many of the priests on the list who are still alive. And that would be 13 of them according to the report. He says, but the numbers I found were either disconnected because nobody owns a landline anymore or not answered or the line was hung up after I called and identified myself, he said. Well, do you think they're all going to uh, have a nice rosy conversation with them about how they sexually abused children all of these decades? It's not even realistic, is it? Hey, I'm the governor of Vermont. I'm going to call these 13 priests that are still alive, and I'm going to uh, ask them about the children they sexually abused all of these decades. Yeah, that's a good one, Governor. You might want to try thinking that one out next time you have a harebrained idea like that. I mean, why would he even want to call these guys and talk to them? You know, let justice do its thing. You know, that's why they need to reinstate the death penalty. Because regardless of who or what you are, if you're such an evil monster that is sexually abusing children... You deserve the death penalty. And you deserve it immediately. You know, we don't want you sitting on death row for the next 30 or 40 years. You know, nice warm bed, three meals a day. You know, you get free education to become a jailhouse lawyer to try to find some loophole to get yourself out, right? No, we don't need our tax dollars wasted on an evil monster like that. No, these people need to throw them in a chair and fry them immediately. Throw the rope around their neck, hang them, whatever you want to do. It's okay with me. Personally, they could throw them into a tree shredder for all I care. And that's my opinion, folks. I have no sympathy for these people that abuse children. Right here it says uh, Bishop Christopher Cohn admits the newly relisted reveal list could open up the church to more lawsuits so far about 50 have been settled with the church paying out 31.5 million dollars six cases are still pending and then he was went on further to cry about how you know like the church is out of money and doesn't have any money for settlements or whatever and that's why they sold building on North Avenue the Catholic Diocese to Burlington College who at the time was being run by Bernie Sanders wife Jane Sanders she was the president of Burlington College and she agreed to buy the building the Catholic Diocese for $10 million and she falsified the information on the loan application and they're guilty as heck. And they were being investigated by the FBI and it got swept under the rug when this information was handed over to the representatives of Vermont. Swept under the rug. The person that took over the Burlington College as president from Jane Sanders. She said somebody walked into the college when it was shut down. The doors weren't locked. Kind of odd, don't you think? And they went right into her office and opened up the desk drawer and they took the keys to the van. How they knew they were there? She found it a mystery. And then they proceeded to gather up all the computers and the servers and the guy put them in the van and disappeared. And the police found him about a week later. I think it was down in Connecticut or New Jersey or somewhere. They found him. They found the van. But they didn't find the computers from Burlington College or the servers just kind of mysteriously disappeared, vanished. Just like the same situation with Hillary Rod Clam Clinton and the server she had in her bathroom closet in her house in Connecticut. Remember that? I mean, it was New York. I'm sorry. You know, they went by Hillary's playbook, gathered up the servers and the computers, disappeared. This guy that they busted that had the van and no computers they didn't prosecute them for anything just let them go and like I said if you remember at the time Patrick Leahy and Bernie were on the news saying oh we're going to have some fundraisers and we're going to pay off that 10 million dollars like nothing and they never did folks they never paid back the bank either But you know eventually the bank dropped the charges so maybe somebody paid them off. Maybe it was George Soros or maybe it was Hillary. But God only knows. Bernie and Jane Sanders walked away owing the bank's $10 million. They were paying their daughter $500,000 to teach a woodworking class. You imagine that? Elizabeth Warren, aka Pocahontas. She was only getting paid four hundred thousand dollars to teach a course at Harvard. Harvard, one of the top Ivy League colleges. Four hundred thousand dollars to teach a course to Elizabeth Warren. And here, Bernie Sanders' daughter was getting paid. $500,000 $100,000 $500,000 $100,000 more to teach a woodworking course at an Ivy League college? No One of the leading colleges in the United States? No A startup technical college Can you imagine that? Yeah, I don't think we have to guess too hard folks where that $10 million went to And they're walking the streets. I think we should go to a song. And this one is by the Rolling Stones. And it's called Heartbreaker. Once again, you're listening to Louie Live. I'm your host, Louie. We are definitely live. And I hope you're enjoying the show so far. So crank this one up for the Rolling Stones. And that was the Rolling Stones with a oldie but a goodie called Heartbreaker. I was watching an interview one time with Mick Jagger. And they were talking about a lot of bands and how they're making money hand over fist. But then you'll read these stories about how their manager runs off of their money and the band ends up with nothing. And they're asking... Mick Jagger, why that never happened to the Rolling Stones. And the fact of the matter was that Mick Jagger, when he was in college, he was an economics major. Majored in business. Majored in making money. So, he's nobody's fool. So he was saying how he himself personally handled all Of the band's money, and that way nobody ripped him off because he knew exactly what he was doing. Amazing, isn't it? You just never know about people, you will never really look at Mick Jagger and think he was an economics major and had a master's in business and whatnot. I'll give him credit for that. And in this interview, it's very interesting, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. Mick Jagger was saying how he himself thought that their band stunk. Those were his words. But they were persistent and they never gave up. And he was saying that somewhere out there, there's a following for everybody. You just got to hang in there and be persistent. And people that like your music, such as the Rolling Stones, they'll find you. And if they like you, they'll gain your loyalty. And there's your following. And they'll go to your concerts. But I never felt that way myself about the Rolling Stones. I've always said they're one of the greatest bands ever, or ever will be. Myself, personally, I think Aerosmith is the most, probably the greatest band ever. And ACDC is number two. Especially when ACDC started out with Bon Scott singing. Brian Johnson is a heck of a singer himself. But I like Bon Scott better. I think he's what made the band what it was. Very vibrant front man. So, this article right here, I'm not going to go into it. But the title says, Are Mental Health Patients Stuck in Vermont Hospitals? Uh, not really, folks. They're running the government. I think we can all agree on that one, right? I've got a lot of articles that I brought to the show today. Haven't had a chance to really read any of them. This one right here Clean Water Board to reconsider farming policies, right? Vermont Clean Water Board says it's reconsidering policies for farming because of input from some of you. They're saying once again it's the fault of the farmers. We all know that's partially right. But as I read here last year on a weekly basis articles about how the city of Burlington dumped several million gallons of raw sewage into the rivers which ended up in the Lake Champlain. And then the next week I would read an article that Wadooski dumped two million gallons of raw sewage into the rivers which end up in Lake Champlain. And the same thing for St. Albans and Swanton and on and on and on. And like I said, probably about 35 years ago you could go on Williston Road in South Burlington there might be a car driving by every five minutes nowadays it's bumper to bumper traffic regardless of where you're driving in Chittenden County and all of these thousands of people have moved into Vermont over the decades and I don't recall once ever reading about any of these cities expanding the sewage treatment plants. And you used to turn on the news and you would say, well, North Beach is closed today due to fecal chloroform. And that was it. Is that bad reporting? Or is that what they're being paid to report? There's a difference there, too, you know, folks, because uh, WCAX TV, Channel 3. When the founder, Red Martin, was alive, and their main anchor man, Marcilas Parsons, was alive, I used to have discussions with those guys saying how you people control the news in the state of Vermont, you're the most watched news channel. You tell people what to think. You report what you want to report, or what you're being paid to report. You ever notice how reporters like Anson Tebbet, wasn't he like a news anchor for WCAX TV, right? And then he leaves the station. And then all of a sudden he's working for the state of Vermont and he's like the commissioner of agriculture. What does he know about that job? What qualifications does he have for that job? I mean, the guy sat on the news reading from a teleprompter like a monkey. Because basically, folks, if a monkey could read, he could be a news reporter. He could be an anchor man. He or she. You look at the teleprompter, you read what it says. Cut to a commercial, you look in the mirror, comb your hair a little bit. Maybe they slap a little more makeup on you, turn the camera back on. You read what it says on the teleprompter. Then, if you're a big shot like Walter Cronkite was, I mean, he used to be the gospel of news. Remember Walter Cronkite? At the end of every show, he'd say, That's the way it was. <laughs> God only knows if Walter Cronkite was telling us the truth. I doubt like half it was. Used to see pictures of Walter Cronkite out on his yacht. Yachting with Bill Clinton. So that kind of like shot down his integrity right there for me, in my opinion. Out yachting with Bill Clinton. Of all people. This article right here a new roadblock for the Champlain Parkway which what was once called for decades the Southern Connector. You know they say it's outdated, things have changed, they want a rerouted and scaled down version. Nothing ever happens, folks. But they do end up spending millions of millions of state and federal dollars forming committees, researching this thing to death. And the traffic on Pine Street is outrageous. From Maple Street to Pine Street, it's backed up all the way down to dealer.com pretty much all day long. Terrible. And a lot of people like myself now are talking about the intersection of St. Paul and Maple Street. They have that intersection so small that you can hardly get around the corner without hitting somebody. And then they've got the sidewalk sticking right out as far into the road as possible. And you know, especially if it's nighttime, you could be rounding that turn. And slam your car right into the sidewalk and damage your car there's a lot of people on the front porch forum complaining about this intersection that section of the road has been closed down for years they built this monstrosity of a building on that entire block the building is open stores are open people are living there but the street still remains closed except to drive up into the parking garage God only knows what's going on with this street you know as crazy as this town is Burlington, Vermont there's a Planned Parenthood on that street and if people don't really have access to that street they have to drive around then I guess they don't have to worry about protesters standing out in front of the Planned Parenthood because that's always been a major issue. And what I always tell people, you can stand out in front of the Planned Parenthood till you die. You can pray to God 24-7 in front of that Planned Parenthood until you drop dead. And nothing is ever going to change until you get involved in the law and change the law to put an end to abortions. That's how it goes, folks. You have to change the laws. This article right here says, a money crunch after Planned Parenthood quits federal program. Planned Parenthood clinics in several states are charging new fees, tapping financial reserves, intensifying fundraising and warning of more unintended pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases after his decision to quit a $260 million federal family planning program in an abortion dispute with President Trump and his administration. says about 4 million women are served nationwide by the Title X program, which makes up a much bigger portion of Planned Parenthood's patients than abortion. It says the fallout is especially intense in Utah, where Planned Parenthood has been the only provider participating in the nearly 50 year old Title X family planning program. It will now lose about $2 million yearly in federal funds that helped 39,000 mostly low income, uninsured people in Utah. It plans to maintain its services which include contraception, STD testing, and cancer screening, but is considering charging a small copay for patients who used to get care for free. Planned Parenthood in Minnesota is in a similar situation, serving about 90% of the state's Title X patients. They don't really go into detail about what Title X patients are. I'm assuming these are low income people on welfare, refugees, illegal immigrants. And it says they plan to start charging fees due to the loss of $2.6 million in annual funding. That's in Minnesota. Says the organization is concerned about the spread of unintended pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases. Well, remember the old days, folks? When they used to practice safe sex, abstinence. Remember that word? Remember the days when they didn't have Planned Parenthood? And how did Planned Parenthood come about? You can read all this yourself. What was the woman's name? Was a Margaret Mangler, I think it was. You can Google it. Like I always say, don't take my word. You know, Google it, research it for yourself. But this woman was the founder of Planned Parenthood. And this woman, Hillary Clinton, claimed was her mentor, right? Her mentor. This woman that started Planned Parenthood, Hillary Clinton claims was her mentor. And Senator Robert Byrd, the head of the Ku Klux Klan, Hillary also claimed was her mentor. So this woman helped start Planned Parenthood because she was a racist to the max. This woman hated black people. This woman wanted to do in all black people. And to this very day, folks, you can research it and it will tell you that the majority of abortions performed by Planned Parenthood are on black women aborting black babies. It's one of the most Sick things that could possibly ever happen on this planet. This woman wanted the genocide of black people. This woman actually met with other racists that hated black people and wanted to see them all dead and did fundraising, donated money themselves, put all their time, effort and money into it creating Planned Parenthood constructing buildings with rooms in them to abort black babies that was her goal well other people got involved that had some money to donate and some time and they says, well you know what if they hated like Jewish people, and they wanted to see all Jewish babies aborted? So this woman is like, well, you know, I'm out to uh, kill all black babies, but you know, if uh, you got some money to donate to the cause, and we could be willing to abort some Jewish babies, so be it. So then, like, those people join forces. And then there's other people that didn't like white people. And they're like, well, hey, you can donate your money too. And after a while it became, you got money to throw down? We'll abort anybody. It's insane, isn't it? You know, you can't make this stuff up, folks. We're in a 21st century majority of people have college educations nowadays. They're supposed to be civilized. But instead, they're really pushing abortion in the year 2019. The state of Vermont is losing money due to these Trump regulations. But they're going to throw down close to a million of our tax dollars the state of Vermont is to subsidize Planned Parenthood so they can keep talking you into coming down and having an abortion. Terrible, isn't it? Killing innocent little babies. and Then they passed laws in New York and Vermont that You know, you can actually deliver a baby and have it sitting over on the counter all cleaned up, wrapped in a blanket. And then the mother and the doctors will decide if she wants to kill that baby. You know, where does the father have a say in these matters? He doesn't. Where does a girl's parents have a say in this matter? Or counselors... What about giving the baby up for adoption? That's an option. You know, there's a lot of people that can't have babies and they would do anything to have one. You know, instead of aborting a baby, killing it after you just delivered it and it's looking right at you. That's an individual life. And I think that if they agree to abort it, Then the woman, the mother, should go to jail for the rest of her life. And so shouldn't the doctors that are involved in that abortion. Somebody needs to be speaking up for these little babies. Like I said, folks, this is an opinion show, and that's my opinion. A lot of these children, they grow up and they're unwanted. And then they get sold into uh, the human trafficking business. That's another evil that's walking the face of this planet. This article right here says, uh, Three women sue Jeffrey Epstein's estate citing rape and other sex acts. That's the guy who just got busted for pedophilia. He owns an island in the middle of the ocean, a pedophile island, they say, which Bill Clinton is documented something like 28 times visiting there. And Hillary's been documented as having visited this pedophile island like six times. Prince Arthur of England was best friends with Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile. The lawsuit says two women were 17 and the third woman was 20 when they said they were sexually assaulted by Epstein. All said they were also coerced into giving Epstein sexual massages for years. Each woman explained in separate lawsuits how Epstein entered her life and forever changed its trajectory. They said... Evstein dangled his powerful connections to political and business leaders worldwide as he promised to boost their careers in exchange for sexual servitude. This guy was in prison. They claimed he was working 12 hours a day with his attorneys on his defense case. He had been prosecuted once before and he received 13 months in prison and probation and whatnot. So this time around, he probably wasn't going to get anything worse because this guy's a billionaire. He had rich, powerful friends such as Bill and Hillary Clinton. I'm sure he had a lot of dirt on a lot of people. And they probably figured if he was going to go down They were going to go down with him. They didn't want that. So, this guy supposedly committed suicide in his prison cell. You know, they removed his roommate from the cell like that night or the night before. They changed the guards. And this guy had been on suicide watch and they claim that when you are, the sheet on your bed is made out of paper. And there's no way that you can hang yourself because the weight of your body will tear this paper. And Jeffrey Epstein was a tall man. He was about six foot four and weighed probably about 250 pounds. So there's no way that he could have hung himself with a sheet made out of paper. It would have tore under the weight of his body. And also, when they did the autopsy, they claimed that he had several broken bones in his neck. Somebody strangled him to death. But, like I said, there is a lot of rich and powerful people involved that he was going to take him down if he went down. And They had somebody go into his cell and strangled him to death. And there's reports of screaming coming out of his cell. You know, folks, if you could wrap this paper sheet around your neck and lean forward to cut off your oxygen and hang yourself, you wouldn't be in there screaming your head off. But... Attorney Bill Barr is investigating it. Another investigation. That's what life is all about nowadays, folks. Just investigations. This article says major carriers state attorney generals will work to combat robocalls. I'm one of the few people that still has a landline because my wife likes having a landline because sometimes she has to call some of her business clients. And we have cell phones through Verizon. And a lot of times you have to walk around our place to find a location in our home that gets good reception. Most of the time it's in the kitchen. So my wife gets a little fed up with having to walk around the house looking for a location where she can clearly hear her clients. But she doesn't have that problem with a landline. So that's why we still have our landline. And we used to get a lot of robocalls, but now we have a phone where you can block these calls which is a good thing so we have about 10 minutes or so left and my good friend Jerome P. Aliboni the founder of North Star Radio is going to be walking in the door and he's on every Friday night from 8 to 10 and he usually has a bunch of his friends come on with him and uh, they're all a bunch of very good rap artists pretty amazed at some of the songs that they come out with So I always encourage everyone to stick around and listen to his show, which is North Star Radio, every Friday from 8 to 10. So we're going to switch over to President Donald Trump. We'll just kind of go over some of these stories. It says uh, Trump delays Denmark meeting because Greenland isn't for sale. And we've all seen on the news the last couple of weeks how he wanted to go meet with the leaders of Denmark who control Greenland and he wants to purchase it make it a part of the United States you know folks we have 50 states there's 50 stars on the flag some people say we have 52 states but the District of Columbia is not a state Puerto Rico is not a state. One thing I like to say about Puerto Rico: it's a dump. It's run by Democrats. Democrats ruin everything they touch. They've turned Puerto Rico into real toilet. California: so many homeless people. They've turned California into a toilet. The state of Vermont, folks, is run by liberals. They're running it right into the ground. they got these cockamamie ideas like they want to slap a carbon tax on gasoline to the sum of about a dollar a gallon. If they do that, folks, gas in Vermont is going to be more expensive than California. Everything the Democrats touch they destroy. Are they doing it intentionally, you wonder? Are they out to ruin the United States? I think so myself. They say Donald Trump is crazy to want to purchase Greenland. There's a lot of minerals there. It's a good military location. Another other presidents, have tried to purchase it in the past democrat presidents and the democrats never thought that was crazy at the time maybe we should purchase Mexico a lot of jobs down in Mexico they make a lot of cars and car parts in Mexico One thing, folks, there's a lot of resorts in Mexico where people go down to beautiful resorts, rich, successful resorts in Mexico where people can go and get a job. They don't have to come to the United States, sneak across the border, go work for these chicken processing plants down south. See that where they busted these three chicken processing plants? There's about 700 illegal immigrants that they busted. And now, Americans are lined up to get those jobs. You know, all these liberals say, "Louis, they're doing the jobs that nobody wants to do. B.S., folks. That's B.S. Those are good jobs. People are lined up to get them. They have benefits. They get vacations. They get sick pay. They get some maternity leave. I read an article that 2017, there was 10.5 million illegal immigrants in the United States. Right? This is in 2017, two years ago. Now, we see on the news that a million illegal immigrants are coming across the border every year. So let's say another couple million. So now it's like 12 and a half million people that are in this country illegally. But let's go with 10 and a half million. Now, if you round up all these illegal immigrants and get them out of the United States, Put them back across the border where they belong. That's housing for 10.5 million people. So let's say if you divide that 10.5 million residents, let's say apartments, divided by 50 states, that comes up to like 210,000 apartments that are going to be available on the average amongst 50 states. you imagine that? On the average, 210,000 apartments will become available if we round up the 10.5 million illegal immigrants and get them out of the United States. I'm not talking about a couple more million that's come across the border since 2017. I'm talking about statistics from 2017: ten and a half million people. Just let that sink in, folks. You round up those ten and a half million illegal immigrants. That's not even talking about refugees, which is probably another 40 million people. They're here legitimately. We love you. Welcome to America. You're welcome to live the dream, but these ten and a half that are here illegally, round them up and let's say you've got ten and a half million apartments available now. You know what that's going to do to the rents? It's going to drive them down. So now, if you go to California and you're trying to get into affordable housing. The waiting list was seven years in California, as a for instance. It's like I say, folks, don't take my word. Check this out for yourself. Contact the housing authorities throughout California, any town in California. They'll tell you the waiting list to get into affordable housing was seven years, but they shut the list down. Can't even get on the list anymore because there is no affordable housing, right? So, if you gather up these 10 and a half illegal immigrants, million illegal immigrants, you're going to have approximately 10 and a half million apartments. Just saying. That's going to drive the price of rents down. Right? You're going to have all of these jobs available now from removing 10 and a half million illegal immigrants. And that's going to drive up the wages. Because it's about supply and demand. The economy is going to boom. All these people at the chicken processing plants that they rounded up, the illegal immigrants, approximately 700 of them. That's only 700, right? All these people are lined up now to get their jobs. You know? That's all I'm saying is If you get rid of the ten and a half million illegal immigrants in the United States, that's gonna open up ten and a half million jobs. Your wages are gonna go up. You're gonna have about ten and a half million apartments available, and that's gonna drive the price of rents down. Who can argue with that? I sure can. I like to see the price of property go down. That's it. So you on live tonight, brother? You know it, sir. All right, man.
1: I'm just setting up my uh,
0: memory chip because my son lost my iPad. That's what kids do, man. Yeah, all right. He 18. got to love him. Yeah, slap boxing isn't <laughs>
1: child abuse. <laughs>
0: but they're going to take care of you when they're older.
1: Yeah, my daughter will. My daughter and my other son I wouldn't
0: count on that either. <laughs> They're gonna be knocking on your door until the day you die.
1: I know that's right. Dad,
0: I need some help.
1: That's right. I'm talking. Get out my face. What's for? for
0: dinner, Dad? Right? Can I drive your car, Dad? Yeah, they're gonna
1: have to drive me around. Anybody
0: in that spare room, Dad?
1: (laughs) I love you, Daddy. I love
0: you, Dad. (laughs) Let's go out to dinner (laughs) for Father's Father's Day, Day, and then they throw you. Throw you the bill.
1: (laughs) We know how
0: it is. These kids, you know, they (laughs) got just wrapped around their finger, don't they?
1: So the new one is this, Lou.
0: Okay. Uh, This is my good friend Jerome P. Alibode, the founder of North Star Radio, who I always tell you to stick around every Friday from 8 to 10 and listen to him.
1: So check this out, people. All right. So we're in a socialist society, right? There's millennials. No disrespect to them. We love y'all. You know, do whatever
0: y'all got to do. But it's a socialist society, right? Do you agree? It's getting there. Okay. Well, isn't it funny that all these millennials have social anxiety? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point.